Welcome to Talk Commerce, where we explore how merchants, agencies, and developers experience commerce and the communities they work and live in. Don't forget to collect your free joke at the end of this intro. The Talk Commerce podcast is sponsored by SwiftDotter. E-commerce developers solve problems daily. In fact, some of those seem like mountainous hurdles that must be climbed in a matter of hours. Stress levels can go through the roof. No wonder the plague of burnout affects developers too. Ah, but there's a vaccine for that. Investing time in your career will take you farther than you ever imagined. Meet Swift Otter. Swift Otter exists to help you become the e-commerce hero that is indispensable and irreplaceable at your company. We do this through Magento Certification Study Materials and Joseph Maxwell's most recent book, The Art of E-Commerce Debugging. Go to swiftotter.com to learn more about how you can quickly climb the ranks in your quest to be a better developer. While you're there, use the coupon code TALKCOMMERCE for 15% off any digital goods at swiftotter.com. J.L. Kaki is the CEO and founder of Farah.ai. Beautiful, simple reviews for Shopify, Wix, BigCommerce, and other e-commerce platforms. In mid-2019, Jay made the difficult decision to switch Ferris' focus to something new, product reviews. With all the fake and fraudulent stories, he believed that merchants needed to show the world that they're legit. To support this new focus, he added automated review requests, third-party verification, and other features you'd expect in Reviews app and then some. It took over a year to get there, and today Fair is the best review app for Shopify Big Commerce with nearly 3,000 five-star reviews. And now, your free joke. My wife yelled from the bedroom asking, do you ever get shooting pain across your body like someone's got a voodoo doll and they're stabbing it? I replied no. She yelled back, how about now? My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now, Talk Commerce. All right. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I have Jay Elkaki on. Uh, Jay is co-founder and CEO of Farah, Farah.ai. Jay, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, tell us uh, maybe something that you like to do in life, and, and we can learn a little bit more about you. Thanks. I'm happy to be on here. And uh, um, so I I've been in, involved in e-commerce for a really long time uh, since I was a kid. I uh, it all started when my my father was was running small businesses and he had come to Canada as a uh, as a uh, refugee with my family and you know for him it was a really important thing to make the business succeed and. As I was growing up, watching him struggle through things, I always really wanted to help him out. And um, and then at an early age, I discovered computers and was like, oh my God, this thing is, I can actually use computers to help him out. And that's, uh, that's when I started getting involved in the first version, in the beta of Magento um, and started uh, uh, developing for that really early on. So uh, my first, Claim, claim to fame sort of was uh, being the uh, uh, the original the, the first CEO uh, and uh, co-founder of Smile, um, which is now called Smile at the time it was called Sweet Tooth, uh, and uh, and now today is the largest 
most popular loyalty software in the world among e-commerce merchants. Um, so a few years after that, I went back to graduate school. I, um, and then after graduate school, I ended up working for BigCommerce for a bit because I wanted to get some platform experience. Um, after BigCommerce, I decided to start Fera, which is a reviews app for e-commerce merchants that's taking a uh, unique approach to reviews to uh, help showcase authentic customer experiences to merchants like you know photos and videos and uh, verified content. Um, so yeah, that's I'd say that's my background as it's relevant. Um, so I have to I have to just bring this up uh, because we did t we talked a little bit about what you did in the beginning with uh, with Sweet Tooth. Uh, in 2012, if you can see the picture behind me, if you're if you're listening, uh, in 2012 we did our first big damn run. It was called Major Run at the time, and Sweet Tooth had like 10 people from Canada who came down and did the run. It was in the desert. I don't know if you were on that one, Jay, but um, uh, there was one I, Bill. I don't know if you remember Bill, but uh, Bill I did not bring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill did not bring any water on his 10 K run in the desert and, uh, got a little bit of heat, a little bit of heat. Um, it, I don't know what, it, what, what we call it, but heat exhaustion or, uh, he wasn't uh, he, going from Canada to the desert is a completely different experience. Uh, I live in Minnesota, so it's very similar to Canada. In fact, I get accused all the time of having a Canadian accent. So I don't know if you ever get accused of having a Minnesota accent, but, uh, uh, it, it is a different experience going there. And, uh, you know, we're talking a little bit about community in our green room here. The community was is such an important aspect of what Magento still is today. And it was such that was even even with Bill getting a little bit sick and whatever. It was such that was such a great experience for that first run in the middle of the desert like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I remember that situation like yesterday. It was uh it was really scary for, for us. It was our first, like, as a company trip to do anything. And um, uh, I remember also asking our CFO, uh, we got travel insurance, right? And he was like, oh, are you kidding me? There's a bunch of, like, 20-year-olds going down to Vegas for, for this uh, conference. Of course I got travel insurance. And, uh, uh, but the most important thing, of course, first was that he was okay. And... Uh, uh, yeah, he got heat stroke apparently. Um, but I still, I still, I'm, I'm lucky enough to still be, uh, you know, best, best friends. I would say with, with, with uh, a lot of the sweet tooth people, uh, including the current CEO Mike. And so um, we bring that, bring those stories up all the time. We often talk about how uh, amazing that experience was. Still, never, never been at any event that was like as, uh, as amazing as, as th those events were. Yeah, those original ones. Um, so if you were to write a review about it, what would you say? Um, I'd include pictures of like the stuff that you, that, I mean, the pictures say a, a thousand words um, or pictures worth a million words. What is it? I suppose um, that where I'm going here is a picture would, would allow you to say, to say it's a real it was a real review, right? And I think one of your passions in life right now, or one of the things that you care about, is the is the fact that there's a lot of fake reviews out there. Yeah, and fake 
fake news, you know, fake, fake information. Uh, and it's getting super hard to distinguish. It's not affecting, it's affecting everybody. It's, it's, it's something that we have to worry about for our kids and we have to worry about, um, and it feels like sometimes a lot of times we're not going in the right direction. Uh, but, uh, for this Magento event, yeah, I would have said, you know, authentic connections, uh, authentic, um, I would have just said it was that one for the books for sure. Lifetime experience um, with real people uh, that felt like they were real. Wasn't just there to, nobody was there to just sell and gain a buck. You know? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, just uh, we'll, we'll close off the topic of Big Damn Run, but uh, <laughs> it is a, um, it is an event that typically happened before the Magento Imagine conference, and, and which, again, now has been sunsetted, so there won't, there won't be any more of those. But uh, it is a non-sales thing where people just get together and go out in the desert and have a run and talk, right? Just, like, have a real conversation with real people. So it's that, that, that's uh, always a good, fun time and uh, good memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, so today we're, today we're not here to talk about running, although I think I end up somehow talking about running on every podcast. Um, we're, we, you know, reviews. Tell us about reviews. And, you know, I did bring up fake reviews for a reason. I think that fake reviews are a problem. They've been a problem in the Magento community. They're a problem in the big commerce in Shopify. Um, I know that Karen Baker has, has, has been voice, very voiceful. Can I say voiceful? Voice, she's been... She has a oh, voice vocal. in in yeah vocal. There we go. Thank you. In in the Magento marketplace and how people would put fake reviews on there and it was just crazy. And um, tell us how tell us how you're fighting that. Yeah. So there's there's um, uh, I think what uh, uh, um, Karen was talk is was concerned about is like app reviews, um, which was a big problem in terms of like fakeness and in the Magento ecosystem for apps. Um, for Shopify, uh, I find they policed it really, really well. They, they have a very, in fact, actually in the last year, they, they did like a purge and went through and, uh, um, deleted maybe hundred, I'd say well over a hundred thousand app store reviews that were all fake from competitors and from, uh, probably from the, from apps that are trying to boost their rank. Um, uh, and uh, they, I was, I was happy to say that they didn't, they, they, out of the three thousand five star reviews we have on on Fair App on Shopify, we, uh, we lost like, a, I think they took out like twenty or thirty reviews, um, and I, had, I contacted them saying, I don't, like, why would we create twenty or thirty fake reviews? And uh, so those must be compete competitors. Um, so they police it pretty well. I think the bigger problem. You know they police that well. The bigger problems with merchant reviews is merchants getting putting fake or misleading reviews on their website. This is this is in my view a a bigger problem to the ecosystem to the to small businesses uh, to the to the future of small business as we know it because we're we're becoming less and less trusting of content that we read online and our kids are learning to be less and less trusting. So it's more and more important for independent retailers that don't already have the, uh, the, 
the previous brand exposure that you know, like a Walmart or Amazon might have, to uh, to leverage things like reviews, customer photos, videos, submissions, to to get the social proof they need that their brand is real and that their product is actually good. And consumers are more and more requiring that uh, content in order to make a purchase from an independent retailer. Um, and I can tell you, I increasingly so will not purchase from a independent retailer. Uh, and I really take their reviews with a grain of salt after I've spent the last year and a half focused on reviews for e-commerce because I've just seen so many bad merchants out there and so many apps that are encouraging these bad merchants to uh, to show fake or misleading reviews. So um, it's a long-term problem, and uh, but the solution isn't simple. It's really complicated. Yeah, so you think that the problem is with the independent retailers as opposed to somebody like uh, Amazon or something like that? So Amazon has has its own problem. Um, I, I think a, a study recently came out that said that, um, and I, I'm I'm taking I'm taking I got to find the study, but it was it was in the range of 10% of Amazon reviews uh, appear to be fake or copied from another merchant, and something like 40% of Amazon reviews are uh, untrustworthy. Was the quote was that it was unclear. That they, whether or not it was from a verified real buyer or from the uh, from the merchant, uh, and that's pretty bad. But I don't believe that this problem is a big deal for those large companies because they have an they they um, have an incentive to solve the problem. There's a clear there's a clear thing to do here, right? I mean, Amazon has to get rid of fake reviews on their platform. And therefore, they're going to push. They're going to police that. Um, there's a direct effect to their brand, to them, and the value for them to do that is very clear. However, when we talk about the independent retailer, one merchant showing fake reviews means more sales for them, and another merchant on the other side of the world showing fake reviews show, it means more sales for them. The what really gets hurt is the ecosystem of all merchants because when those when people be are burned and now i now know i now know almost uh, every single one of my friends and and uh even my parents have been burned by buying from an independent retailer that turns out to be um uh faking reviews and has a product that's you know uh, um, low quality or not what was described um and now they won't buy. They even still see a Shopify or a big commerce or they don't, they basically are not willing to buy from independent retailers without a huge amount of skepticism now because of that, uh, because of that one experience, you know? So that one experience, that one person who sold them those things, yeah, they made a bunch of money. They got rich overnight, but they've just ruined it for so many independent retailers. And then, and then, the problem is who's responsible for policing this. We know that the merchants are not allowed to show fake reviews. That's fine. Um, but there are just millions of them. And what, how do you go around finding each one to 
And, and how do you know it's a fake review? Um, you basically have to have access to their backend. And historically with platforms like Magento, since they were deployed, uh, you didn't have access to that. So for Magento, I really think that couldn't do anything about it, you know? Um, uh, you know, aside from auditing people's servers, uh, it wasn't really much they could do. Uh, however, for platforms like uh, uh, Wix, Shopify, BigCommerce, Squarespace, et cetera, uh, they should. There is, they do have access to that data. They have access to the orders. They have access to the customers. And uh, with review apps like Farah, um, like Yapo and um, Luke's uh, and some of the others, they have access to the data now. So the question is that, but the incentive structure is still not there. Uh, for a platform to, to penalize a business, like a platform like Shopify makes more money uh, from stores that have reviews, for fake reviews, right? I mean, for them to police it means a decrease in their revenue. Um, and since the stores are branded individually, it doesn't mean that they're going to necessarily, or they may not view it as a brand hit because they're not showing their brand. It's not very, people don't clearly know that they're buying from a Shopify store. They just know they're buying from an independent store of some sort. Um, and the same thing applies for the app companies. For Yotpo or Farah to police this effectively means less revenue for us because our customers are the merchants. And if we tell a merchant, hey, you can't post these reviews because they're misleading, which we do, <laughs> but uh, by doing that, um, we lose a customer. So it it's really unfortunate. And what happens today is they just go, well, they'll uninstall Yapo or Farah, which are two types of apps that actually do police this type of stuff, uh, and uh, go install one of the other uh, 20, 30 options that are being promoted on the app stores that encourage fake reviews um, and encourage being misleading. So the question is, whose responsibility is it? Is it, is it the platform's responsibility to be policing? And should we be holding them accountable? Um, yeah. Or is it just a matter, should we leave it to the consumers to eventually be so fed up with getting frauded on these sites with fake reviews until they finally they finally stop buying from merchants and it becomes a big enough problem that you know merchants stop doing it because they realize the damage they made but i really believe if we wait that far we're just going to be too late yeah is there some kind of independent service or some kind of is there a review of reviews like is there a way to have a, a scraper go through and, and analyze reviews from the front end to see how many of these reviews are clearly fake. I mean, I think a lot of it is, is bots creating reviews or, you know, if somebody's making a review, chances are they don't actually, they haven't actually bought the product. They, they're doing it in bulk. They've hired some company somewhere to make the fake reviews. Yeah. And in, in that sense, maybe they don't know about the product. Is it maybe, the, I don't know, maybe that's one of yeah. the answers out there. Yeah, so there's a there's actually a company called Fake Spot, which created a Chrome and uh, mobile app. Um, I think it's FakeSpot.com, and they they will allow you uh, to uh, spot check any review, and they will actually look at the review. And they, you know, there's there's other problems with this process. Uh, 
from a data perspective, but basically what they do is they take the data, they take those reviews that you're looking at, they scan their database of, you know, 100 million reviews from everybody else that's using the app, and they tell you if they've seen it before or if it appears to be, um, uh, well, if they've seen it before, one, or if it's not unique, extremely unique, they could use um, uh, different algorithms to actually figure out, is, is this actually something that is procedurally generated? Um, so there is, um, there's that, that helps, that would help consumers spot uh, fake reviews. Um, the other thing is understanding what a fake or misleading review is. And maybe we should like define that. Um, so a fake or misleading review uh, I mean, a fake review is just literally just a lie. Just a merchant just basically didn't really have a customer, just literally, you know, types out something nice that a customer said, throws on a fake picture, maybe takes the picture themselves with their phone and puts it on uh, on their site. That, while that's bad, that's not the worst problem here, believe it or not, because a lot of those merchants are really small, and to do that a lot. It's really hard. I mean, if you were dedicated enough to create 30 very unique fake reviews on a product, you know, I'll tell you, we, we, I've just never seen that. <laughs> I've never seen uh, somebody be that dedicated to create 30 fake individual reviews with individual pictures. Um, I, the problem ends up being where, where merchants are copying reviews from other stores. Um, so they'll find, they'll look at a product that's seems to be doing well in somebody else's store. They'll find, uh, find out their supplier um, and then just launch a copy store, copy the reviews, uh, and, uh, and, and then um, uh, market the product similarly and then go. Uh, they'll even just download the, the merchants, like the customer submitted photos and videos that were on the other site. Uh, that's a scenario where they don't own that review. They've stolen that. I mean, they've effectively stolen that IP, and uh, uh, there's nothing really preventing them. So that's like a copied, uh, copied uh, review. Now, if the merchant is sourcing the review, like they're sourcing the product from that other store. So, in the like, say uh, when they're talking about when we say, let's say you import from Alibaba, you import reviews from there. Um, that's okay um, to import, but there should be a disclosure that this review was not collected on your site, right? I mean, if I'm buying something and you're telling me fantastic experience, fantastic order, um, you know, it worked really well, I would like to know if this, or if this review was from, was to the supplier and on, on another site uh, or from some other site, or if it's actually you, because if it is your store, amazing. If it's not your store, okay, it's not the worst thing, still probably adding value, but uh, but it's not quite the same, you know? Um, uh, so they should be have to, dis so, so not disclosing your source, having undefined sources would be a way of misleading reviews. Um, some merchants will import reviews from uh, another system or from their suppliers and uh, their apps like, uh, like uh, Ali Reviews, for example, allows you to just import, um, uh, import, only five-star reviews like that's that would be very misleading like if you're importing from a supplier you know it's it's a straight up feed functionality and is the number three most downloaded app right now for shopify um that is really alarming 
that that is a, that is part of their setup process. Uh, and there are several apps that are in the top list on Shopify and some of the other platforms that are actually pushing that too. Um, Ali reviews even has a fake name generator generator if the name is anonymous. That would be a way of misleading your reviews. Okay, you know the problem isn't importing reviews from other systems. Problem is is also misleading customers with your reviews and and being open to them. Um, so you have so to recap, you've got you know you got straight out fake reviews, generated ones that you just made up. Um, sometimes they're made by hand. Sometimes they're built written by. Uh, uh, by, I mean, you can use the GPT AI to actually write your reviews. If you give it a product page and you tell it, write me a review, it'll write you a fake review. Um, sometimes they're generated by that. Some apps will just generate fake reviews for you. Um, then the other side is very misleading reviews where it's imported from another system, but there's something that's being modified about it. Uh, another really frustrating thing that many apps allow merchants to do and encourage them to do is to mark reviews as verified shoppers. So an app like, for example, um, Luke's will allow you to just mark any review as verified real shopper. They don't know that it's a real shopper and they have not verified it. So isn't that lying to your customers that you don't, you imported that review from AliExpress? Why are you allowed to just mark it as verified without knowing? And, uh, you know, that effect alone after seeing that, in, and, and that's, that exists in the top two of the three Shopify apps that exist right now. So literally, two, six, most of the, the most popular reviews that are being collected on Shopify right now have the ha, are encouraging merchants to to fake verification. And because of that, whenever I see a verification on a merchant site it says verified real buyer, I know it's sixty six percent chance it's fake. Sixty six percent. That's massive. And most of the time, it's being you're being lied to. So, what, um, yeah. As a uh, as a merchant, or no, as a as a as a uh, as a um, consumer, what are, what are some signs that I could look for to spot fake reviews? Spot fake reviews. It's really hard for a consumer to spot fake reviews. I will say that um, uh, because they don't really know the underlying technology that's being run. So one thing we do at Fera, which, um, which I believe is one way that we fight fake reviews, is that when we say it's a verified shopper, uh, if you mouse over it, if you click on it or press on it on your mobile phone, it says real shopper verified by Fera.ai. So um, by putting our brand on it, you know that we're not lying. Like we, we're not willing to lie. Whereas you know, the other apps, they're not going to put their brand on because they know it's a lie. They're not going to say real. We guarantee it's a real shopper when they know it's lied. Like they're they'd get they'd go out of business instantly. So for us to do that, if you look for that, you find it. So that is a little. I mean, it's a bit of a self self plug there. Um, uh, other than that, um, uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I honestly don't know how, how a consumer could could. I mean, you can look for things like you look for, you can start to recognize sites that are aligned when they're exaggerating about things and how they show their reviews. Um, but it, it's hard. It's really hard for a consumer. And this is why, this is why it's such a big problem. I think one, one thing that I look for is this, if it's, you know, if there's a hundred reviews and they're all five star, I would really put up a, Wow, this is probably not real. If there's a hundred five star reviews, 
Um, oh yeah, it, that's that's it. You think so? Guess what? Out of the top three apps, um, uh, uh, at, at least one of them has a, a feature to sprinkle in some three and four star. So even that, that that would be a great way to check, and now you can't because they're allowing that. And who, who's policing this? Like, how is this allowed? How are we okay with this? And um, I guess that's the next thing to talk about. It's like, whose responsibility is to push on this? If consumers don't know they're being lied to, they just know they keep getting burned. Uh, it's hurting the good guys out there, and um, it's really hard for us to know uh, that th- this is happening. Yeah, if you at the flip side, you know, like uh, we had talked about the Magento marketplace, now nobody leaves a review. If you look, there's, you know that there's super popular extensions, and they, they have one review or they have zero reviews. It's crazy that, uh, um, you know, I think there's, uh, there has to be a balance. And maybe when Magento has gone over to their new system, they were they went over-policed it or something, or they just made it so difficult to create a review that <laughs> they didn't look at that. Um, I think that it's, you know, for me, like going back to the Amazon case, I do look and I didn't, I didn't even think about the fact that it said, it said verified purchaser. I'm assuming because it's Amazon that it is really a verified person, but you know, maybe, maybe you're right. You don't actually know, even with them, you don't know if it's verified. Um, I would, I would say I would be pretty confident if it said that on Amazon, that most of the time it is, it is because it is, um, remember that's Amazon saying that. And if Amazon's saying that, then they're probably not, going to want to lie to their customers. You're their customer, right? Even though there's there's a marketplace, you are their customer. But when an independent store says it, yeah, no, just I just discard it completely now. Because, yeah, there's nothing. Verified buyer means nothing because I know that the top apps are being allowed to lie about this. So um, this is the problem. I mean, you can see the problem that this is causing to small businesses. Because if you can trust that verified buyer only on Amazon and on Walmart and uh, these other big box retailers, these companies have now, and these bad actors, few bad actors have ruined it, ruined the ability to say verified buyer for, or are ruining the ability to say verified buyer for every other of these good merchants that really do have um, uh, great products and really do have real, real buyers uh, because you won't trust them anymore. Yeah, I think um, I think we had a prospect at one point that wanted to move um, all of their Amazon reviews into Magento. So they were selling it, but they were selling it in another platform. Is there some copyright issues there as well? If if you move it from one platform to another, and and like, can you move reviews from Shopify to Magento if you're selling the same product? I mean, I think as long as you own those reviews, if you own that store, I think. It's- for you to be able to take those. Uh, what I would disclose is, you know, it, it, to be honest, that situation is actually 100% okay to me. Um, I would prefer to disclose that the reviews were calculated uh, as a consumer to, to have a disclosure saying the reviews were uh, collected uh, via Amazon or collected from another platform. And you will see this on large public company sites. If you go to the Home Depot for a web, for a website, for example, you will see you'll see them often say this review was collected from a vendor's site. Um, uh, and I think that's perfectly, perfectly, perfectly okay. I think that's the right thing to do. Um, 
what's happening, the bigger problem is when they're getting these reviews from their supplier sites. It's not collected, like, it's not like they own that Alibaba store. Like, they're getting it, they're, they're getting from there. So, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's not, it, it's, the, that situation is actually mostly okay. Um, what yeah, we do you... is we'll manually, we have a manual verification process for those types of merchants. So we'll tell them, okay, if you want your reviews to be verified with Vera, you got to show us proof of your orders from Amazon. And then, uh, and then we'll actually mark them as verified based on that. So we really do act as a third party to verify, to help consumers know that it's real. Yeah. In that case, it would be similar to somebody, you buy a TV at Costco and then you're also selling the same TV at Best Buy that this is just completely hypothetical. I'm just, I shouldn't have used her names, yeah. but whatever that Best Buy would use the review from the Costco buyer because they also know the Costco buyer or something like that. That's, that's the one that's not good, right? Like if, if you're, if you're taking a product that's common to both places and you're selling it, you know, one person is your customer, take that yeah. review and put it on your own site. Yeah. Unless, unless the review was collected by Samsung, in which case you can post it. Um, uh, because let's say the TV is Samsung, for example, then, uh, but I would have preferred a disclosure to say, hey, this review is collected on Samsung. Yeah. Um, but this poses another problem that's uh, of why it's so hard to enforce is because, okay, let's say Best Buy is going to be a good guy. <laughs> and they're, they're saying, you know what? We, we should say that it was collected on supplier. I think that's unfair. Okay. And they do. Uh, well, if the other, if Costco doesn't, then Costco's just going to have higher sales. Their conversion rate's going to be higher. And, and this is a big problem because, and this is where this, this problem exists, where it's, it's so difficult, is because if the whole community doesn't move on this, then we're all going to take a hit. And unless the whole community moves on this, then one individual trying to move on this means they're just going to decrease in sales and eventually die out. Uh, because... Even things like saying verified buyer, we've got tons of A-B tests in the company showing that that actually uh, significantly increases uh, conversions uh, by just saying that it's a verified buyer, and which is why these apps allow you to fake it. Um, and, but, uh, but it's valuable. But now it's like you're, they're killing that. They're making, they're ruining it basically for, for small businesses. And it's really sad. Yeah, and to be clear, we just use those two names hypothetically, so I don't want to get sued by Best Buy or Costco. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure Best Buy and Costco do the two things that I said are good, which is they 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 even disclose the supplier because again they don't want to lose trust because they're a large brand, and yeah. they don't want to lose trust in the consumer. If a consumer says, "Oh, I read some reviews and it turns out they're fake," they're there and they find out in any way it's fake, then they'll never buy from Costco online. They'll never trust a Costco review online. When you're talking about several independent retailers, you know, min, mil, and they they find one fake on one merchant it doesn't affect their decision on the next merchant. It just affects their decision on all independent merchants. You know. Yeah, and I think what, one thing that is is a is a good way to sort of um, bring up a real more real review would be it's so easy to talk about the product you purchase, but a lot most reviews are about the experience that they had in that store or using their that platform to purchase it. So, you know, a good review a lot of times would say, hey, great customer service, love the product or something like that. 
you know, I think those are easier to spot. But I suppose that would be just as easy then as to fake, but harder to transport somewhere else. Yeah. Um, when they say specific things about the current store, that's, that, that is a one way you could probably somewhat know that it's a good review. Uh, so that's a good point. Uh, the other thing is photos and videos really do help. Um, but people will just steal photos and videos from another site. Uh, however, you know, sometimes the photo or video will mention the brand. And you, a lot of times you'll see the box. You'll see them open up the box. You can see the brand they're buying from. And um, uh, in those scenarios, uh, you're pretty confident. So we, we, we encourage every single review that's submitted to submit a photo and video. It's actually part of our default functionality in Vero because we know that it makes such a huge difference and it's going to increasingly make a difference to, 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 uh, to help consumers distinguish between a fake and a real review. So if you were to tell a merchant why they should work, strive to get real reviews, number one, what is the what would be their impetus or their motivation to do actual real reviews? And then number two, how can they encourage their clients to actually give a review, whether it's good or bad? Um, <clears throat> so to, I guess, a couple things. So first you asked, uh, um, how would we ask a merchant, how would we convince a merchant to show real reviews or to collect real reviews? Um, I think merchants know that real reviews are valuable and there's, there's a long-term brand value and the good merchants out there uh, I don't have to, we don't have to convince them that re showing real authentic experiences is good for their store, right? Um, the, I think that it'll be really challenging to convince uh, somebody who's just starting out uh, to not fake their reviews. I think that would be a really challenging thing. Now, we give people alternatives to it. We have... Uh, we, we have something called like, you know, one-time review request that you can send out to family and friends in exchange for using trying your product. They can submit a review. Like there's nothing wrong with a family and friend reviewing your product when you start out, in my opinion. Um, uh, as long as they're trying to be honest, you know, and yeah, it'll be a little bit biased, but um, I wouldn't consider that a fake review. Just because, because you sell a product doesn't mean your friends can't buy it, right? Um, uh, now, to a limit, of course, you get every one of your family members writing your review, and you've got a big family. Maybe that's crossing the line there. But um, uh, the bigger problem is 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 convincing merchants not to use fake reviews to start, and to instead use these alternate means to gain their initial, which are harder to do. I mean, it's way easier to throw on a fake review than it is to go out and ask somebody to try your product and ask you. Uh, how they felt about it and take a picture of it. You know, that's a bigger ask, but even from family and friends. Um, but uh, we, one feature we have in Vera that helps to try to push this is like to, um, you can do cashback rewards. So we are integrated in Smile. So you, there's a loyalty. So you give people loyalty points for submitting a review, uh, regardless of the rating. Uh, you, can't, you can't bias on that, but uh, you can, uh, give people more rewards for submitting uh, photos and videos as opposed to just a textual review. And um, you can do what I was saying about cashback rewards is you could, that's a great way. Usually recommend that for like really early startups that are trying to drive reviews uh, and are trying to make the decision that saying, okay, how do I compete when I have zero reviews? Well, we tell them basically give away your product for free, which is 
it sounds crazy. It sounds like crazy, but I mean, what are your costs to give away your product for free? Give it free. Get people to try it. If they don't like it, then you just saved yourself probably a lot of time and on a probably a crappy, you know, a lot of wasted time. And they're going to tell you in advance. If they do like it, they're going to give you the uh, the head start that you need. Uh, and then once you get a few reviews, then the sales roll in. Then uh, you just set up automatic review requests, attach like some coupon for somebody submitting a review, and it's fine. And I, I really don't believe there's any um, uh, any problem with giving an incentive for somebody to write a review as long as there's no direction. You don't say, you know, give us five stars or anything like that. Yeah, so these services that, uh, you know, I, I guess I get emails all the time now. They'll pay me 10 bucks to write a review about Microsoft Teams, um, something like that. So th that type of service, if you're using it, then obviously Microsoft must be paying them to reach out to me to write the review, right? Yeah, that's kind of a crappy way for them to... Uh... I mean, I guess Microsoft would be a very different state. Like, usually we highly recommend authentic asks, <laughs> and we, we actually are, we frame our recommended templates by like very authentically uh, where we, it comes you know, from the person's name, from the store owner's name, not from like, the company corporation. No, I think this was, was Captera or something like that. I'm looking right. for the so email Captera, now. So yeah, platforms Captera. like Captera and, uh, and Trustpilot um, yeah. are, uh, are one way you can actually fight a little bit of fake reviews because uh, they allow, um, they're a third party, sort of how we are third party verifying the reviews real. Um, Captera and, and Trustpilot are collecting reviews as a third party. The problem with Captera and, and Trustpilot uh, ends up being on the other side, where um, your competitors can fake reviews against you, and you have a hard time getting rid of those. And uh, uh, it also only attracts people who are pissed off. So a lot of times you might have a million good customers, but the two that were just you know, jerks, which there's always one and a few million, million that are going to be jerks, go on those sites, write your review, and now it shows up. So uh, we have a plan to actually... Uh, to launch something similar to uh, to this called Vera Review Pages, where it'll show verified reviews from all sources. And um, uh, since we have a connection to the merchant site, we'll allow you to it, we'll still collect the review as a third party, so you won't have to install the Fair app. But we will, if you install the Fair app, we verify, we add the verification on top, which platforms like Captera and Trustpilot can't do because they don't um, they don't have that app connection. Trustpilot is trying to. Trustpilot released the Shopify app recently, but it is, um, I guess, I guess we're online. Any merchants that have used it have not been happy. Let's just say that. <laughs> so, uh, Jay, we we probably have five ten minutes left here. What what are you doing right now to sort of keep up with this industry besides being immersed in it every day? What are you doing? What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you watching? Um. Uh, I, I mean, just following people like yourself is really helpful. Um, and other people that are in the e-commerce space um, on LinkedIn, I find LinkedIn just seems to be a, a source of uh, more quality content. Uh, join uh, e-commerce groups. Uh, there's like Reddit e-commerce groups. There's uh, Facebook e-commerce groups. Uh, like uh, there's like a Shopify one. I don't know if there's a Magento one. Um, uh, there might be a Discord. There are Slack channels that are just like you know, 
Compact community, etc. Um, I follow all of them. I'm always lurking and occasionally posting some value as well uh, and responding and answering questions. But I find that's the best way to keep up on what's going on. Oh, and also Twitter. I mean, following a lot of uh, random Twitter people who are, especially larger uh, people who, um, especially consulting firms. I find consulting firms um, typically will post things. When they have an opinion about something, it's usually pretty good. Uh, whereas uh, a merchant might have one experience. Consulting firm typically won't say anything negative or positive unless they're really happy with with uh, the other thing. Because I don't think they make enough commission even on a profit share that would, that would warrant um, them putting themselves on the line. So if they say something positive, it's usually good. It's usually real in my in my opinion. I guess. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, if you, that... could, if you could give a merchant some kind of a nugget on uh, on some on something they could do in their site, let's say going into the holiday season now, what would you tell them? I get um, well, if you don't have reviews, you should add reviews. I mean, Magento Store has built in reviews functionality into it, but um, Shopify doesn't, and neither does Wix. So if, you're, if you have any of those stores, you should add it. Um, uh, if you are showing reviews, like photo and video reviews, it makes a huge difference. And you'd be surprised the number of the photos you attach, like a coupon, that in the end ends up resulting in you another getting another order. Like when you attach a coupon for somebody to write a review. And I, I guess I always encourage people to collect in order to collect a lot of reviews. I encourage them to be aggressive with your coupons because. They look at it sometimes as saying, oh, it's a $30 off coupon on a $50 product. Like, but what I always have to remind them to be like, hey, they already bought the product. They already are a customer. This is for their next order. So yeah, you might not make profit on this order, but you're getting an amazing review with photos and videos. And you've added these requirements and that's going to sell for you so much more. And they may not, never even come for another order. So you're complaining about your next order and... So I would say be aggressive with your discounts when it comes to um, uh, in exchange for for real authentic social proof, and it'll go a really really long way uh, of differentiating you from the noise of this Black Friday Cyber Monday uh, holiday season. Yeah, and I learned yesterday Giving Tuesday is another big deal, and uh, I interviewed um, I interviewed the CEO of Gives dot com and you know giving having somebody to give a review and for a donation is another good good idea that you can drive you know both a good thing as well as getting a review and That's i it. love the fact i love i like the fact that you said um i like the fact that just having people do the video and post a, or post a picture i know that for myself when i'm looking you know, I look at the amount of reviews there and I do take more credence when I'm reading those reviews about the picture. And honestly, I too, I look at what are the one star reviews? Because like you said, um, so they'll sprinkle in three and four stars. But, you know, how, a lot of people like how many fake one star where they're just like this was the piece of worst product I've ever bought in my life. It came out of the box broken or whatever, you know, whatever the reason is. Yeah. Uh, and I've bought, I've still bought products that have a one-star review um, 
because you never know, you know, what the what the circumstance. And a lot of times, those reviews are about the experience and not about the product itself. Even like they bought, they you can buy something that doesn't work, and and uh, yeah, sometimes it's you know you. I don't know if you allow updates in the reviews, but I've seen updates that said, "Hey, this is an update." They did they. I gave a three star, but they actually got me my new my th- new thing within a reasonable amount of time, and everything's great. Yeah, we just did an integration to um, to push. Uh, uh, sorry, I'm sorry, we're still working on this integration to push um, automatically when somebody puts a one star review to actually create a support ticket in Gorgeous uh, in the support channel um, because nine times out of ten, yeah, it's things like I didn't get my order yet. It was a while ago, or it's broken, and things that you could easily fix, and uh, and then just fix it, and they'll be more than happy, and they'll they'll probably update their review as well. Um, you said, by the way, giving that's a great idea. We should. I don't know if Gives has like API Gives.com or has APIs, but we should implement an integration that allows you to um, to incentivize merchant consumers to write a review for you in exchange for a donation. I will do an intro after our call today. Yeah, that would be awesome. That would be a great idea. Yeah, I was excited about their product. Uh, I think it's such a great idea. And, you know, having more than just a discount is so important. Uh, Jay, you know, I think we ended up using up all of our time here. I appreciate uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, we, We probably could have more topics specifically around community and Shopify. But this was... Very educational and super helpful. I really appreciate your time. One thing I always ask at the very end, I you can give a shameless plug to anything you'd like. Sir, what would you like to plug today? I think I would just plug uh, Farah. Um, I guess uh, Farah is a reviews app for e-commerce stores that allows you to collect photo and video reviews automatically. Um, the UIs are just so much more simple than probably anything you've used. And, or any other systems, and there's a lot of advantages over the default functionality, and it really makes a big difference on on sales. And um, if you need a discount, then you can use and get a discount. And um, yeah. yeah, I'll put all this stuff in the show notes. And by the way, yeah. I also love Gorgeous. I think it's such a gorgeous system. I appreciate yeah. you bringing them up. Um, it's such a great platform and uh, great people. Yeah, for sure. I give them a five star. I give them a five star. I I would love to be the gorgeous for product reviews, I think. Taking a a UI focused merchant first uh, view of like managing reviews effectively and driving reviews to the store. I'm a big fan. Great. Well, it was, it's been a, a great conversation and I really appreciate it. Um, again, uh, JL Kaki, the CEO and co CEO and founder of, of, uh, Farrah.ai. Thank you for being here today. Thank you. Uh, I will also mention, I'll, I'll give you a discount code that you can, uh, if somebody has a link somewhere, use your name after this. Great. Perfect. Okay. Thank you so much. Yep. Thanks. Bye. bye. Thank you again for listening. My name is Brent Peterson, and it has been my pleasure to be your host today. Please rate and subscribe to Talk Commerce, new shows out every week.